Hey, welcome back to Things Have Changed podcast. We hope that you've had a great and restful holiday break. We want to start the year off with our year-end technology review. In this series, we're going to focus on our favorite stories of how the digital economy has changed in 2021. Three big ones that we're talking this time um, are going to be restaurants, because the food industry has changed a lot. We're going to be talking about uh, space and how things finally starting started to materialize um, as as advancements that we can physically see and, and gauge um, over this past year. Um, space exploration, space tourism, a lot of fancy stuff coming along. And finally, cloud. Um, we can't do anything without cloud these days, but there's still so much to go within um this industry from being pervasive right now um it's popular uh, a lot of you know technology companies are have onboarded already but think about the rest of the world everyone else needs to get on the cloud um and cannot afford actually being on physical servers so a fascinating industry which is so so big but gonna get so 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 much more bigger in the next four or five years which is astounding and as a final note We'd love to hear your feedback about how we've been doing so far and what you'd like to see in the future of Things Have Changed Podcast. Drop us a note on thingshavechangedpodcast.com by clicking Contact Us. If you'd known how important the technology economy was 20 years ago, would you have done things differently? The internet, cell phones, the cloud, and data. Things have changed. We're here to talk about it. Hi, I'm Jed. Hi, I'm Shikhar. Welcome to Things Have Changed, your new economics and technology podcast. Postmates to Uber Eats, even Grubhub, more people skipping eating out and bringing the restaurant experience home. But how that food is prepared is getting a big change. More competing companies are now teaming up using ghost kitchens to prepare your meals. So uh, I just think it's it's a whole new access point for Chipotle that people just are telling us they love. And we've got 80, 90 restaurants today. Um, it's going to be a big piece of our growth model going forward, for sure. Last year, we spoke about restaurants. And we are going to kick off this year's tech review with the um, food industry as well. Um, just because the impact has been so great, but the solutions have been huge growth drivers. So what's the solution here? Basically, the whole industry, uh, the restaurant industry, went online Um uh, Consumers now are a lot more okay with takeout deliveries. You know, it's not a new concept. Pizza deliveries have existed for like 20 years, right? But but now it's like, okay, use an app to order every single thing. Um, and as we move to that world, 2021 kind of saw a huge rise in a concept known as cloud kitchens, uh, and ghost kitchens. Yeah, ghost kitchens. I mean, 
I'm sure some of you have ordered uh, something on Uber Eats or DoorDash and not known exactly where it's come from. Um, and sometimes you wouldn't see the storefront. You know, the, these are what's considered as as a cloud kitchen, and is also the reason why I've gained a few pounds in the holiday. It's a bit more than few, but yeah. <laughs> Damn, dude, relax. It's just a double chin. This looks like a triple chin from here, but yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, again, we've been saying this all year, but COVID has been such a huge tailwind, right? Uh, but why? Why has this been so successful? Um, you know, mainly it is, okay, you do have the, the, the process of not actually getting in touch, being close to people within a restaurant, right? So you can just pick up your food and head out or someone can deliver the food to you. Uh, but there's also the thing of productivity. You think about it, uh, you know, uh, and, and Chipotle is a good example. Uh, within a Chipotle, you have quite a few people. You have like at least two or three servers, like the person actually making a burrito or whatever. And you have like three people in the back actually cooking the food. Now, with this concept of ghost kitchens, you could technically do the same, have the same number of productivities, have the same number of output by employing fewer people, right? And it's it's just an unlock for the company for them to have greater margins as well. Um, think about it. Like this is kind of blowing up in suburbs where in big cities like San Francisco, New York City, you have so many options of food, right? You like you, you Thai, Japan, uh, Japanese, you have like this broad range of selection at all given times. Uh, it's not the case in suburbs. So these uh, ghost kitchens are kind of mushrooming everywhere in suburbs to kind of provide this these those same eclectic tastes to you know your suburb neighborhood and uh, i mentioned chipotle it's interesting they just opened a digital only kitchen in ohio and basically it's just uh it's called a chipotle lane um <laughs> and they they have Cheesy, just easy <laughs> wow and they they just have like four uh, employees, four or fewer employees rather than like eight or seven or eight, you know, so this is something that's, that's beginning, beginning to kind of go mainstream. Yeah. So if, if Uber Eats, DoorDash and, and all these cloud kitchen companies that Travis Kalanick is starting, um, has been doing this since like 2016 in 2021, we saw a bunch of different companies, um, you know, fast food companies, uh, fast casual companies that are also opening their own ghost kitchens or or cloud kitchens um, to compete in this market. Obviously, you know, given COVID nineteen's restrictions and this unpredictable climate, uh, restaurateurs are finding ways to make margins. No, but I mean, think about it, right? Um, Wendy's just announced seven hundred seven hundred new ghost kitchens. Um, it's this this industry, this virtual restaurant industry, is predict, predicted to be a trillion dollar industry in the next ten years. So this is real numbers, real uh, revenue being generated, much better margins, and uh, like a huge portion of the population actually are okay with purchasing takeout and delivery food. Yeah, and it's also interesting now. It opens the 
the kind of doors to many other businesses so tiktok um you think of it as a growing social media platform uh they have a kind of a channel or a following called tiktok kitchen basically which is you know people love seeing popular recipes being made like baking and and um baking bread was a big thing during the pandemic and all those videos were going viral right um and so tiktok kitchen starting march 2022 tiktok's actually opening delivery only tiktok kitchens across the us isn't that wild like a social media platform actually using a a kind of a following to have um you know restaurants basically that's wild to think tiktok is getting into food delivery i mean who would have thought yeah so it's wild i mean you know take a listen to one of the recipes on tiktok and see how simple it is here's how to make it add tomatoes olive oil salt and pepper to a baking dish then add a block of feta cheese right in the middle bake it 400 for 35 minutes when it comes out add some fresh garlic fresh basil and give it all a good mix then add some of that cooked pasta right on top and give everything a good mix once again and then it's time for the taste test to add to that so we got tiktok the social media company itself but they probably got the idea from actual creators doing this stuff it's wild dude uh like mr beast is like one of the biggest youtube um youtube personalities youtube creators each video of his gets like a million like g- a gazillion views and he's probably a millionaire by now or more and this guy he he created like pop-up shops which actually sells burgers it's called mr beast burger he sold a million burgers a million this guy does yeah so you know the, the menu offered just three burger types um you know 6 to 9 dollars or whatever and imagine he sold a million burgers so you know you're seeing these creators have such huge um you know they have the backing of their supporters and followers and kind of using you know having ghost kitchens to create and push their own brands uh so it's a very interesting time where you know you have social media companies becoming restaurant companies you have creators becoming restaurant entrepreneurs so very very interesting time so 2021 just like 2020 was a continuation of restaurant tours or restaurants reinventing themselves 2021 was really the year that they realized that they really needed to move online i mean it makes sense the benefits of a cloud kitchen versus just a traditional restaurant are huge you have a low overhead low startup cost you have more data points because everything is based on you know people clicking on what and what they select and what they prefer um and it's also efficient as we talked about um in this call so it has been a transformative year for restaurants um especially in the age of of lockdowns and the uncertainty that that covid brings um and we're going to see this being adopted 
going forward. So you're thinking of starting your own restaurant. There may be an opportunity to go into cloud kitchens rather than renting out a a traditional space um, and, and starting a brick and mortar store. It's a lot cheaper to go with cloud kitchens and there are many platforms that is available for you to put your restaurant on and you could have a completely online restaurant. And now we can add astronaut to the long list of accomplishments for both of you, but Yeah. <laughs> well, this so this is the this is the first step. This is a tiny little step of what Blue Origin is gonna do. And what we're really trying to do is build reusable space vehicles. It's the only way to build a road to space. And we need to build a road to space so that our children can build the future. So we need to do that over and over and over and get as good at running space vehicles as we are as a civilization at running commercial airliners. Sir Richard Branson and a crew of five others aboard Virgin Galactic's Unity spaceship soaring to the edge of space. Welcome to space, Unity 22. The entrepreneur adding a new title to his resume, civilian astronaut. 2021 for space economics. Ridiculous year for space. You've probably seen it. All these billionaires betting on getting to space. (laughs) Dude, so the U.S. has probably about 18 or 1900, you know, satellites up there as of the start of the year of 2021. January 1, we had 1900 satellites up there from the US. We launched 1400 in 2021 alone. Space economics is starting to get understood by the public and by investment firms, obviously. The interest in space is rising so much. I think in Q3 of 2021, we invested $10 billion. Um, The private industry has invested in in space travel. It is no longer a government's game like it was in the 70s and the 80s. You know, um, space travel is for sure a private company's game. And 2021 was the year that private companies showed off their progress in space travel themselves. They themselves traveled to space. The year of like, yeah, the year for actually confirming what all these years of burning all that money finally came true, right? Jeff Bezos went to space. Richard Branson went to space. Uh, SpaceX had... When is, when is Elon Musk going to space? Uh, did he say he's going straight to Mars or something? Uh, but on one of the last flights or whatever, so, I don't know. But yeah, just crazy amount of interest and things actually starting to happen now. Uh, things look practical. Like I think they're they're following. We 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 mentioned in our previous space episode um, last year was how you know right now imagine a plane ride, a, a flight that you take uh, on an airplane uh, just could go one way. Right, each ticket, each ticket would cost like two hundred, two fifty, three hundred million dollars. Right, that makes no sense. Uh, 
and that's not sustainable uh, not practical uh and the fact that it's reusable you know helps you actually pay 70 bucks on frontier to go like uh from the east to west coast right it's crazy um so i th- that's the 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 path spacex and other um rocket companies have been going have been you know following and it's interesting how you know all the innovations over the past few years have now culminated to what launch costs down almost <laughs> launch costs have been reduced by a factor of 7 uh due to just SpaceX's Falcon 9 so you know we the cost of access to space has now been reduced by like significantly right and they're constantly working on it so it it feels like it's just a matter of time we don't have a whole lot to talk about it you know in our tech review it's just that what it's one of the spaces that um we are looking at just cuz you know it's fascinating and finally over 2021 we saw actual uh you know things happening practical applications people launching multiple companies from virgin to to uh, spacex to blue origin launching and returning right and the funding is following that as well right you had what close to a 90% year over year increase in funding um since 2020 uh basically since covid financing into space doubled so you know so many specs announced we don't know if they survive but you know this this is high risk high capital expenditure projects that you know you need the top tier engineers and innovators across the world to actually solve these problems so we're not sure if it works but hey you know we are moving forward so that is very interesting very very promising so in 2021 we saw a revitalized interest in space and it's no longer led by governments but by billionaires If you want to learn more about what happened in space this year, check out our episode A New Space Race is Underway. How did we even get here? We'll link it in the show notes. I don't think we would have predicted that it would be a 15 billion dollar revenue run rate business growing a little bit over 40% year over year this quickly and that I don't think we would have predicted that, you know, we would have several times the size business of the next 14 providers combined or that you know it would we'd have millions of active customers that we'd have a 6 to 7 year head start so all those things were big surprises to us it's not a surprise to us that every large technology company in the world's interest in building a replica of what AWS has done it's it's such a great value proposition for customers that it's why it's being adopted so fast so others will want to participate The Pentagon is calling off a 10 billion dollar contract. Tech giants Microsoft and Amazon were going head to head to provide cloud computing services for the Department of Defense. Well, this was a very very big deal. Once upon a time Aaron, this was considered, you know, the largest technology contract pretty much ever awarded. It was supposed to be a 10 billion dollar project. And really in the end it came down to uh, it being both outdated and the subject of incredible legal wrangling. Amazon and Microsoft as you know went to court over and over again fighting over who should get this. These two companies were really the only ones that could conceivably have delivered Yeah, I just feel it's um it's getting more like a 
Okay, there's never um there's never an even playing ground just because you're competing with Amazon, Microsoft, Google, but I feel it's just uh, you know there's so much competition coming through now that um you don't need to go over the entire AWS. AWS has so many different um layers to it. You have SaaS which is software as a service. You have uh IaaS which is infrastructure as a service. You have PaaS which is platform as a service. Basically those three layers are three segments of cloud. Right? So you have these companies that are individually targeting each of those layers and kind of um giving a competition to these these big companies. But as you are probably going to say in the next few words, the amount of money that these cloud companies have made is just monstrous. Yeah, definitely increasing specialization um, on the specific areas of, of cloud computing. But one trend we also saw in 2021 was really the rise of regulation against cloud computing companies and, and tech companies in general. But, um, you know, this increased regulation on, on cloud companies slash tech companies, you know, it, it has pushed these tech companies to come up with ways to make business a little more frictionless. And, and one of the ways they did that was by signing something called the trusted cloud principles. Right, um, it's another one of these principles that that tech companies come together to to decide on, um, because governments haven't done that. Right, there's no standardized cloud principles across the world, um, but you know these companies are trying to push cooperation uh, between these governments to start regulating them in a similar way, because it's honestly quite expensive for cloud companies uh, to deal with cross border data flows, to deal with government requests for information, etc protecting the, the customer's information um, on the cloud, right? So this is an opportunity. I see this as really obviously a PR stunt for cloud companies to, to try to get um, business to be frictionless, but also a way for them to standardize these rules, right? Honestly, it may be a, a win-win situation that um, governments regulate cloud companies the same way so everybody will better understand what's What's best for this industry? How do we best regulate it um, around the world? And maybe there are some more um, opportunities to connect between these governments and and standardize the process, um, so to speak, of regulating these cloud companies so we can actually learn how to do that. Yeah. And one thing to note is, you know, we've been talking about cloud quite a lot. We We work in tech, so we kind of have been hearing it for the past few years. A large portion of the world is still not on the cloud. Like 80% of IT workloads, which is basically anything that you use at work and stuff, if you're, you know, based on the company you work on, that is on physical servers. So imagine the, the amount of movement from physical workloads to the cloud in the next few years, like if it has been growing a lot, I mean, obviously COVID was a huge, huge um, speedener on things, you know, 
just quickened the the onboarding a lot faster, made it a lot faster. But even till now, right now, it's it's popular. Cloud is being cloud native is popular. But you know, we were reading some articles about um, uh, how by twenty twenty five, it's predicted that almost eighty five percent of organizations are going to be cloud first. So that itself, in the next four years, if we thought their profits were good now, imagine the profits in like four years. It's yeah, really. There's it, it's a it's it's something that everyone needs, and so the margins are so high. It's we coined it as one of the greatest businesses ever in history, right? Because of the margins and how it's hard to actually set up a cloud. Um, infrastructure like netflix doesn't go out there and you know goes in the middle of nowhere and builds an entire like you know factory with data center, uh, like servers right it's hard uh, and it has to be seamless when i turn on the netflix i want to be want it to be playing right away like there's a lot of technology that goes into making it possible for you to stream like i don't know uh, money heist which is actually sitting on a server in like Ohio. Yeah, so one last thing to mention in the cloud industries is how much these cloud companies and these these private companies are really leveraging artificial intelligence within the cloud. You know, so that's something that's not new. We've been talking about AI since since um, 2020 and the rapid adoption of AI within cloud actually provides a lot more opportunities. So, you know, the way you can think about this is that, you know, some services are natural language processors or, or chatbots, you know, think Amazon Alexa or, or like image recognition um, processing, like Facebook and Google all handle through the cloud, all some form of artificial intelligence. Um, and, you know, some more exciting things like vision processing and, and the growth in that industry of autonomous driving, right? Think about Alphabet's Waymo being approved to actually taxi um, some customers in some areas of the globe, like like Arizona, right? Um, and then you have smart cities as well that completely run on the cloud, right? The cloud provides for, you know, quicker processing um, and just more efficient uh, processing for these cloud companies, these applications, right? Uh, think about these smart cities like CityBrain, you know, Tencent's We City. You know, the, these types of approaches in the cloud are getting more and more popular, and these cloud service providers are starting to get more specialized in these areas um, in the cloud. So 2021 was definitely an exciting year for cloud, and um, we can see the rapid adoption of artificial intelligence in 2021 alone and its potential for growth. Although cloud is getting increasingly regulated and scrutinized, um, it is still growing. And there's too much opportunity for us to avoid uh, the amount of money that can be made in the cloud industry. As Shaker pointed out, it's there's more money to be made in this industry and there's not enough companies servicing it right now. If you want to learn more about how the cloud industry has changed in 2021, um, please have a listen to two of our episodes that we recorded on on Cloud Wars. 
um, Cloud Wars, How Cloud Computing Changed Business and Technology Forever. And part two, Cloud Wars, Amazon AWS versus Microsoft Azure versus Google Cloud. There's a lot going on in the industry this year. Have a listen and check out what has changed. So as we've just heard with these three favorite stories, 2021 has been a transformative year. Restaurants have decided to go online and build cloud kitchens or ghost kitchens. Space exploration has come to the forefront. Private companies leading the way and has become a billionaire's playground. Lastly, the economics of cloud has changed significantly since the long-standing champion of cloud computing AWS is now being challenged by Microsoft's Azure. All these massive shifts in the digital economy will shape the next few years. On our next episode, we're going to talk about how crypto has become mainstream and how you probably know what an NFT is or don't. We're going to talk about what has changed in the world of cybersecurity and how it's come to the forefront of even government's attention. And lastly, we're going to talk about how semiconductors have changed over the course of 2021. Thanks for listening to another episode of Things Have Changed Podcast, and we hope to see you on the next few series of our technology review of 2021. Again, we'd love to hear your feedback about how we've been doing so far and what you'd like to see in the next few episodes of Things Have Changed. Go ahead and visit us on thingshavechangedpodcast.com and hit the contact us form. We hope that you've had a great start to 2022. And as always, stay curious.